0: We'll It's after 4.30, and that means it's time for this week's edition of Cannabis. In this segment, I take a look at the world of cannabis and try to highlight what people are doing in this somewhat new and quickly growing industry. Pun intended. I look at new business ideas, innovative uses for cannabis products, how they can benefit people medically and mentally, and also help shine a spotlight on Canadian entrepreneurs. I don't always specifically talk about on this segment, though. I've talked about magic mushrooms and psilocybin use and helping people cope with the terminal. Illness. I've talked with officials in Oregon about the legalization of all drugs in that state following the presidential election. And this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about alcohol. It's been widely reported that alcohol consumption is up since the pandemic started. And according to a recent data analysis by U.S. company Ibotta, the leading cashback app helping people save money with their everyday purchases, there seems to be a lot of truth to this. To speak more about the trends, I am pleased to welcome to the program the founder and CEO of Ibotta, Brian Leach. Brian, how are you today? Very well, thanks. Hey, well, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate you doing this. So I'll I'll start with kind of just the overall look at how you've come to this conclusion. You know, you say that Ibotta has noticed that the perceived trend of alcohol sales being up is, in fact, true. What evidence do you have to support that?
1: Well, every year we track about $11 billion worth of uh, consumer purchases across all the major U.S. retailers. And we do that because we provide cash back rewards. And we want to understand what people are buying so we can send them personally relevant offers but that gives us an insight at looking year over year even when you look at the same period of time in a given year versus the following year and we can look at statistically significant differences in uh, certain purchase categories
0: so with that being said what are you noticing in terms of alcohol sales what has sort of uh, you know been very very noticeable here over the last year to say yes we are seeing a pretty significant increase here
1: well, the single biggest category out of all the categories we we track is the growth in spirits. So we're up 33% as a country year over year in the purchase of spirits. And if you break that down, uh, flavored liqueurs are up 49%. Whiskey and tequila are up 42%. So you're seeing kind of hard hard spirits uh, really outpace things like wine, which are up 12%, and beer, which is uh, only is more or less flat from the year over. So... You're seeing people who aren't going out and eating at restaurants and they're sort of making cocktails at home or they're trying to make a more economical choice. And they're uh, they're stocking up on wine and maybe they're just, you know, drowning their sorrows in what is a pretty stressful time for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, have you noticed anything kind of um, in terms of a breakdown of when these trends started to begin or or do you just kind of look at the year as a whole?
1: No, they started to begin after the pandemic. We noticed that people started to shop, uh, stock up on these items starting in uh, late March. So really correlated with the pandemic nationwide, not not in any particular region more than another. Uh, you saw more being spent per trip, fewer trips, and just a dramatic increase in um, in the purchase of these items. And again, uh, you also see during that time a really really significant decrease in. Visits to uh, restaurants, and we track all of that because we have cashback on on restaurants as well, and we even have uh, on-premise beer and wine and spirits deals in our app. So those went way down, and the purchases in stores like Walmart and Kroger and Target, but also in Total Wine and those types of uh, places have gone way up, and that's the $11 billion that we track are in those kind of mass grocery club
0: environments. Yeah, and I imagine, too, when we're talking about the trends that you're noticing, this really does reflect what's happening in individual households, right? You talk about how a lot of people are, are not really visiting restaurants and those types of establishments right now. So I'd imagine that this this trend that we're seeing is is strictly targeted towards individuals.
1: Yeah, we think so. And we think that, like I said, it, it seems to be pretty persistent across a, a wide range of, of uh, ages and regions. You know, it, it is interesting to double click within. So I mentioned um, some of the categories like tequila being up 40 percent whiskey, 39 percent. And then you have vodka, 26 percent up gin and rum, 14 percent up. And then within the wine category, which is only up 12% relatively, you you see interesting differences. So, for instance, flavored wine, which is we're thinking Boone Farm, you know, uh, strawberry wine, et cetera, that's up 73%. uh, And fortified wine is up 51%. So what I think you see is people trying to find economical ways of of buying alcohol. So flavored wine tends to be on the cheaper side of the spectrum. Fortified wine is a much higher alcohol content so you can get uh, more alcohol on board for a lower cost. So part of it's in an environment where people are losing their jobs and making, making sure they are more uh, careful with their budgets. They're trying to, you know, specialty in craft beer, for example, if you look at the same time, it's actually down uh, year over year quite, quite substantially. It's down 17% uh, craft import beer. So you see, I think, a shift toward things like flavored malt beverage, and away from things like craft import beer.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's a result of people, uh, you know, like you had mentioned, maybe wanting a little more bang for their buck, so, you know, you can uh, kind of get a little bit more out of a bottle of whiskey, say, as opposed to getting, a, you know, a, a case of beer, or if it's uh, maybe something beyond that, if people are just, um, you know, maybe not economic-wise, maybe they're just looking to uh, have a little bit more uh, alcohol content when they go and sit down for a drink. I'm curious to know what people's mindsets are behind that shift. I don't know a uh, who would be the best person to talk to? You're, you're just tracking the data, so he wouldn't have an answer to that.
1: Just tracking, yeah, we don't ask. I mean, what's interesting to me, non-alcoholic beer is actually up 16% as well. So I think that, that just shows you a lot of it is people are looking uh, to substitute what they would have purchased if they had gone out to a restaurant. And so they, they bring in house, you know, whatever would have been part of their routine. Uh, and then, yeah, so there's definitely a correlation between price and uh, I don't know, percent by weight of alcohol in in terms of the ones that are are going up the most. So I think you're probably right. It's, uh, It's getting more alcohol bang for your buck.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to see how these trends are impacted in, in 2021, you know, assuming we get through the, the whole vaccination process and, and we start to get uh, kind of out of this pandemic. But at the same point in time, that's not going to happen for quite some time. So I imagine these trends will will continue here for at least the, the, the better part of 2021 before uh, we start to see some normalizations, I guess, of these trends.
1: I think you're right. I think you'll see other trends that, that still last more. For instance, a dramatic increase, five, five-fold increase in Online grocery purchases uh, last year compared to 2019, and I think a lot of us think some of those things. Once you try them, you get used to them, and those those patterns will persist. But I would expect the categories to normalize back down to what it looked like for the previous most of the previous decade.
0: One thing I just wanted to ask you while I have you just in relation to another subject because I was going through some of the like your Twitter accounts on, on Ibotta and, and kind of seeing what you guys were up to. And, and there was an interesting question that I noted uh, that was just sort of put out there. There was no necessarily data behind it, but it was just asking people, Are you saving for a special vacation or working to beef up your savings account this year? And I was just going through some of the responses and almost no one was looking to do anything fun with their money here in 2021. It was all, you know, buying books for my education or I'm building my savings account back up or paying my medical bills. Um, You know, is that something that you would typically see in a given year? I imagine usually people are hoping to spend their money on something exciting, but that's that's just not reality here this year.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. In the years past, we've often heard that people save up for a Disney vacation for their grandchildren or their children, uh, or they save up for Christmas gifts, and they use this as kind of their special fund to pay for, for items. Uh, what we are seeing more is, is people are, uh, very few people are, are able to save money right now from just their normal job or their, their job security has gone down, and a huge percentage of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So they are using it for rent, for basic food, I mean, we were able to, to feed over 1% of the U.S. population a free Thanksgiving dinner uh, at a time when 50 million people were food insecure. So people are using these for these, these cash back that we give for life essentials right now, and we we hope that you know they'll be able to do things like travel and, and treat themselves. But right now, it's, it's just kind of trying to be here to help people who are going through tough times.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Brian, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate this. I think it's interesting stuff. I know we're talking in the United States right now, but uh, I'm sure all of this uh, this uh, data correlates right here to us in Canada as well. So I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and uh, have yourself a fantastic weekend. Thank you. You as well. Cheers. All right, there you go. That was Brian Leach, founder and CEO of Ibotta. How Fitting that he said cheers to end off that conversation. Uh, just a quick recap of what uh, what Ibotta is looking at here in terms of its data. It notes that beer sales down 2% overall since the COVID-19 pandemic began, but spirits and hard liquor up 33% overall and wine up 12% overall in terms of sales. Uh, in terms of that hard liquor, just to give you a quick breakdown, liqueurs up plus 75%, brandy up 43%, tequila 40%, whiskey 39 vodka 26 and gin and rum at 14%. So that gives you an idea of uh, kind of what the uh, drink of choice is for a lot of Americans there. Brandy, a surprising uh, increase there to me, um, something I don't really ever think of when I'm in the liquor store, but... Uh, Yeah, always a nice drink, especially in the winters. A nice sip of brandy is always a good thing to help warm the bones, that is for sure. So some interesting stuff there, and I'm sure most of that does correlate right here to us in Canada. I don't know about the beer sales, though. I'm curious about that. We are a nation of beer drinkers, so maybe we've seen more people buying beer up here compared to our uh, southern neighbors. Anyway, interesting stuff, I thought, on this week's edition of Cannabis.